There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, you guys? It's Freddie Prinze Jr., and we're back with another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. Last week, we got pretty deep into the promo classes and some of the cool exercises and the successes and failures of them. So if you haven't uh, heard that, please go back because this is a continuation episode. But this episode, we'll touch a little bit more on uh, what I thought is like the most heartwarming moment I ever had in WWE. There weren't many. Um, But uh, this time, we're going into the ice storm. I have built this story up. So, without further ado, the ice storm on Wrestling with Freddy. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr. All right, you guys. I'm on the highway with a makeup artist from uh, Friday Night SmackDown back then, even though we shot it on Tuesdays. And we're driving, I think, from Memphis to Atlanta. And if that's about a four-hour drive, then I'm right. If not, it was another town. So we're on the freeway, and we're cruising down, and it's late at night, probably probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We're on the highway. It's winter, and there's snow on both sides of the road, and there are no cars anywhere. We left much later than everyone else. Usually, you would like pass other wrestlers, or wrestlers would pass you. This was before I was on the jet. So, uh, So we're cruising down. It's getting late and we haven't seen anybody and she's getting sleepy, right? So I'm cruising, but we have a map. That, remember, there's no map quest. There was no app on a phone that told you. I have, we would print out maps at the end of the show. And that's how the rookies like me would get from town to town before I was, thank God, on the black and red jet. So we're cruising. I have my map. She's getting sleepy. And uh, as we're driving down the road, it's been about 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Like I said, there's snow everywhere. I see some smoke down the highway. I'm like, what the hell is that, man? So I'm driving, cruising down this curve, and now I see this like fire and smoke and in the middle of the snow. And so I slow the car down, and I'm almost pulled over at this point. And the, the, the loss of speed wakes up the makeup artist. And I go, what the hell is that? And it's this gigantic tree that's fallen over. The roots are uprooted. 
and it's on fire, straight, just burning in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around it. There's no cars. There's no tire tracks anywhere. It's just a tree that's, it looks like it's been struck by lightning. There's no lightning, at least not to my knowledge, during a snowstorm in the South. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Hit me up on social. So I'm slowing down and I, now I pull the car all the way over and I go, what the hell is that? And she goes, I don't know. And I go, I'm gonna go check it out. She goes, the hell you are. She goes, it's freezing outside. We're going to Atlanta. I go, nah, I just want to see what it is. She goes, no, you're not going over there. Get back in the car. I've opened the door. Get back in the car. We're gone. I go, okay, okay, okay. I go, but that's some crazy shit. She goes, yeah, it's crazy shit. Let's go. It's freaky. Okay. So I close the door. We're driving. She passes out. Nothing else spooky or no poltergeist, nothing like that. But the road starts getting kind of sketchy. And uh, I have the radio on and I'm scanning the AM channels because I mean, when I mean sketchy, like there's ice now on the roads and we're getting, we're in Georgia, we're getting just outside Atlanta. And on the radio, I hear the mayor of Atlanta, and you could check this out, you can figure out what year it is, has just declared a state of emergency and he's basically closed the city because of an ice storm. The roads are unsafe to drive on and everybody is like, not quarantine, but it's a curfew. Like, stay home. You go on the roads, you're going to die. So we're close to the airport. Our hotel is at the airport. And uh, I cruise up there. And I mean, we're sliding everywhere. Like, I'm on ice skates, okay? We're not in a four-wheel drive automobile. I'm in like a, like a, a little four-door rental sedan. It wasn't built for the snow. So we're at the airport because we know the hotel's close to there. And I see one of those like rental car transport vans and it's running and there's this black dude inside. And so I go up to him and I go, Hey man, I'm trying to get to my hotel. Can you help me out? And uh, he says, well, what's the name of it? And I don't remember what it was. It was, it's uh, the ice storm hotel. We'll call it the ice storm hotel. And he goes, Oh, it's down that way. You're just going to make a right and just keep going straight. And you'll see it. You'll see the big sign. It's down a big driveway. I go, okay. So I drive down there and we get to the driveway and yeah, the driveway goes down, but it's steep and it goes straight into the hotel lobby. If I take this car down this hill, I'm not stopping. It's going to go through the front of the building. So I drive back to the airport guy and I say, Hey man, is there, is there another hotel around here? Cause we couldn't find any other ones. Um, or can I stay in the, can I stay in the airport? I can't get down there. And he's this Jamaican dude. And he's like, you stay out here. You're going to die, man. You better find a way to that hotel. And so I'm like, all right, the, ho- the airport's closed. They're not going to let me in. So I drive back and now we're parked at the top of this hotel's driveway. And the, and the makeup artist is uh, looking at me and I'm looking at her and she goes, how the hell are we going to get down there? She goes, I can't walk down it. It's all, it's all ice. I go, yeah, I don't. I don't know, but I'm not going to have like a headline in the paper tomorrow. Be Freddie Prinze Jr. found with a makeup artist frozen dead in a car. I was like, you, my, the, the stories they would write would shame my family for the next generation. I said, we're getting down this damn hill. So I'm looking around. I don't see any way down outside of, you know, horrible accident. I get sued or dead or, or someone else dies. Right. So finally because I'm an idiot. All right. And I'll preface this by saying I've done a lot of dumb stuff as a kid and slid down a lot of hills. I shouldn't have slid down. So I go to the trunk. I'm freezing to death. Y'all I'm a California kid. My blood is thin. 
I surf. If the water's, you know, below 70, I'm wearing a wetsuit. So I'm cold as hell. I'm not dressed properly. I grab my suitcase. I set it at the top of the thing. And now I'm just staring down the hill at this hotel, at the Ice Storm Hotel. And she comes up to me. She gets out of the car. She goes, what are you doing? And I don't even look at her. I say, I'm going to slide down this hill on my suitcase. She goes, what? I go, I'm going to slide down my hill. On, I'm going to slide down this hill on my suitcase. And so are you. She goes, I'm not doing that. I said, you're going to get your ass on your suitcase and you're sliding down this hill with me. I'm not going to leave you in a car to die. This is the only way down. I'm sure it wasn't, but I'm not a genius. So this was the best way I could think of. I said, so I'm going down with you and you're not going to get hurt. Don't worry. I'm certain of it. (laughs) In my head, I'm certain of it. I said, are you ready? She goes, no. I go, well, we're going. I said, I'm not going first. We're going together. She's, she doesn't want to, she gets her suitcase. What are the, I mean, you, we have an option, get down this hill. That's the option. So she gets her suitcase. Every word that I'm telling you in this story is actual. Well, I'm about to go TLC. It's actual and factual. Every, sorry, every word I'm telling you is a hundred percent true. And every word I'm telling you, you will not believe. And I'm okay with that. So I get on my suitcase I lay it down and I, I'm sitting on it the way you would a sled and my feet are on the snow so that I can have my heels to dig in to slow me down. I tell her to do the same thing. She sits on the suitcase. I think I have like a Tumi, right? This like black travel Tumi that was big enough to get all your crap, but small enough to get in an overhead bin, one of those. And uh, she has like a hard case one because she's got like makeup and crap, right? So she sits on her suitcase. I sit on mine. I say, are you ready? She goes, oh God, I guess so. So we kind of do the scooch, like our feet are in the snow, like a one and a two and three. And my feet are in the snow instantly. The moment that it gets steep, there's no more snow for my feet to dig into. It is hard ice. It is a good inch thick. And they're probably not an inch thick, but you get the point. Like it is, there's no traction. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So I hit terminal velocity within about two and a half seconds. And I'm, I mean, I'm flying. I look to my right because it's, it's too fast for me. I look to my right and she's bailing out. It's too fast. Okay. So she bails out to her left toward me. Right. But now she has nothing now. It's just her body. So she's just going to keep on sliding, but it's not with any sort of control. So she's going upside down. She's going horizontal. She's going to the left. She's on her left hip. She's on her belly. She's sliding everywhere. It looks like breaking two electric boogaloo, like a deleted scene, right? She's breakdancing all the way down this ice and I'm flying. Okay. So I get down first. She kind of curved off to the side into the snow drift by the curb, but she's okay. She gets up. She's solid. Makeup, good to go. Case not destroyed. I slide all the way down to basically where the valet is and onto the brick entryway of this hotel, about four feet away from the double sliding doors. The entire staff of the hotel that was in that area had been watching us since we were on top of the hill, wondering how we were going to get down. And they're literally cheering for me because I literally just did my evil Knievel shit. and just went like 127 miles per hour down this driveway and they're cheering. And I get up and I'm laughing and she's laughing. Everybody's still in a good mood. And the guy literally tells me, he goes, dude, we didn't know how you were going to get down. That was so sick. So we go to check in. They don't have her room. So she gets my bed and I crash out on the couch and then uh, we wake up and the ice they've now salted and done all this stuff. And the next day we got on the plane and uh, we flew back to, well, I flew to New York city and she flew to wherever, to wherever she lived. But that is the ice storm. And that's the fastest that I've ever gone in something that wasn't a vehicle or a jet. Oh, by the way, I flew in a jet. This isn't wrestling related. But the like the deck commander at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas was a Puerto Rican dude, and he loved my dad. And my buddy who lives out there ran a construction company and gave him like some equipment to help him do his house and uh, his off his off base house in uh, there in Las Vegas. I think it was Henderson, Nevada. And so he was like, he saw a picture of me and Brian, my buddy Brian, and he goes, "Oh, you know Freddie Prince Jr. Man, I loved his dad." And he goes, "Oh yeah, he's a good friend of mine." And he goes, eh, tell him if he ever wants to fly in a jet, uh, it's on me. He goes, no cameras, nothing. I was like, and so my buddy Brian calls me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like a jet jet? He goes, yeah. I go, oh, dude, I'm in. I drove from LA to Las Vegas at night, at like 1130 at night. Drove as fast as I could. And uh, we have the date. And I get there. And I think I'm just going to fly in a jet. No. It's like an eight-hour class on how to breathe. Cause you're going to be pulling so many G's and I'm in my twenties. I'm cocky. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm half listening. Right. So they put me in the two seater and forgive me. I, this is over 20 years ago. I don't remember. I think it was an F 16. I don't know what the two seater was. It might've even been like an F one Oh something. I don't know. But, uh, we get in, I've, I've done my, like my test and I've, I, they make you do this. Like, it's like, I don't want to breathe in the mic cause it'll sound weird, but it's like labor breathing. Okay. So I get in the jet, we take off, just the takeoff, I borderline tap out, okay? This dude 
I tap out twice. And this isn't even from tricks, just turns where literally like he goes, if it feels good, st- you're not breathing. I said, what do you mean? He goes, if it starts to feel good, like if you feel high, you're not breathing right. I said, okay. And that basically like is in jujitsu. Like they say tap when you, when it feels good, that means you're about to go to sleep twice. I had to tap because I forgot to breathe and the breathing is the hardest part. At one point in the air, I said, how long would it take us to get to LA? He said about 15 minutes. <laughs> and I literally was just like, oh my God. So anyway, I like going fast. We fly back. I go back. And, uh, and now I'm back ready to go to work, talking to Vince about the promo class, who I like, who I don't. And the storyline going on at the time was the Nexus. And this was Wade Barrett and, uh, and Michael something. I can't remember his name, but it was a big group that came up to like take on kind of like how the shield took on like the current stars. This was, they were taking on that era's current stars. So they were going after Randy, who was a heel and John, who was a baby face and John sold big for him, like horror movie sales. Right. Cause they were really trying to get this group over. They thought they had a couple solid bangers in there. Right. So I'm doing my promo class and I have a lot of these guys and, and, uh, and girls in there now. And we're getting to use like really big rooms, like sometimes even the cafeteria because we'd have so many people in there. And now I got these Nexus cats, right? And there was this one dude named Fred and y'all, if you watch, then they, he wrestled under the name Darren Young. His real name is Fred Rosser. And, uh, he's now out of, out of the closet and, and, Everyone knows that that Fred is a gay wrestler and I think was the first one to come out while under the employee of WWE, but certainly not the first gay wrestler in the WWE. If you know about Pat Patterson, everyone in the company knew Pat was. He was very open about it um, and everyone embraced him. So at this point in time, though, Fred was not out. He was a young wrestler. He was coming up. And uh, so now I think he's in New Japan wrestling now. So if you're a big wrestling fan, he's built from stone, looks great, solid wrestler. And we used to call him Black John Cena because he looked just like John Cena. But if John was black, even his face, it was crazy. You put him side by side and it looked like the exact same dude. I think John even cut a promo on it uh, in like an actual storyline where he's like, maybe we did have the same father, but I hate you anyway. I'm fighting for justice. So, uh, so we're doing the promo classes and it's a lot of... You, you going against me because Vince likes that, right? So it's, we're going to have a, a fight and you're going to give me a reason to watch. Like the, if you remember the dog story, you're a dog and you're a dog. Now make me want to watch you fight. So a more productive way to accomplish that is to give them a reason to fight. Like I did with Kia Stevens and with Beth Phoenix. Um, if you remember from last week's episode. So William Regal, also known as Steven Regal, is and was one of the single most helpful human beings while I worked at that company. He would warn me about people. He would help show me what wrestler strengths were and to write my promos to fit the type of wrestler they were because I was not doing that. Um, you don't want to write a luchador like a big man. You don't want to write a big man like a high flyer. It, there's a different attitude when you're seven feet tall. You don't have to say as much. You're seven feet tall. I kind of equate it to Darth Vader. You don't have to give Darth Vader a lot of, a lot of dialogue. And you notice he only moves 
when he has to. There's no wasted movement with Darth Vader, which was the same crap I would hear in the production. Not crap. This is good crap. Um, the same stuff I would hear in the production meetings when they would talk about, you know, tell these guys, the big guys to slow down. Less is more. And there's something I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I tend to agree with it. It's more it's what made Frankenstein so scary. Right. Is it's why Pepe Le Pew, we were amazed with him. Like, how could someone that slow always catch always catch him, right? So it may be dated, but with the big guys, they don't want them, you know, flying around everywhere. Vince doesn't want his guys and his girls getting hurt, which is why that WWE style is less exciting because he feels it prevents injuries. So Steven has been getting me hip to it. And he asks me if he can come in and, uh, and cut a promo. And I'm like, yeah, man, you want me to pick something for you? He goes, oh, no, 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 I have something. I said, all right, dude. So he comes in and I, it was either the St. Crispin's Day from Henry V, which is no joke, or it was from Hamlet. And I feel like it was from Hamlet. Otherwise, I don't know why I remember this line, but I, I feel like I remember Stephen saying, the world is nothing more to me but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. And that I know for sure is from Hamlet. So I think it was Hamlet. So he cuts this. And then he's trying to explain why he chose this to all these young wrestlers. And he said, he was talking about the iambic pentameter, which is sort of the rhythm and cadence required by, uh, by Shakespeare. He's trying to explain that you can tell a story, whether you speak English or not. There were a couple of Japanese uh, wrestlers in the room at the time. You can communicate a story, whether you speak Spanish better than English the same way he communicated those, communicated those feelings from that monologue to everyone in there. And everyone knew exactly what he was saying. And when you say to someone, this world is nothing more to me but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors, I'm communicating a message to you with a whole bunch of words that neither one of us will ever use again in our entire life. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. You go, whoa, Freddie's a little depressed. Okie doke. And that message has been communicated beautifully, right? So I think Funaki was in there. And uh, by the way, I got a great Funaki story. Kung Fu. Should we do a Japanese side quest? Should we do a side quest? All right, we're doing a side quest. Okay, so it's a SmackDown. It's over. And Shane Hurricane Helms and some of the writers, and my buddy Angelo, the writer, were all having like a beer at the hotel. And, you know, after a couple in, Shane goes, man, I wish we could get, I wish we'd get Funaki over again. And Angelo's like, yeah, well, let's, let's think of something. He goes, ah, then it wouldn't buy anything we do. And he goes, dude, we could think of something. And this is all credit to Shane, okay? I think he even wrote the song that R-Truth sang to him later on. But uh, he goes, what about, what if it was Kung Fu-Naki? And all the writers are drunk, and they're like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, like Kung Fu. Hey, we could sing the song. Everybody loves Kung Fu Naki. That dude can drink some sake. And he had like this whole freestyle jam that they all fell in love with. And I was in the writer's room one day, and they're pitching this. And I'm like, yo, wait, what? And Shane comes in, and they go, Shane, what about Kung Fu Naki? And Shane just looks at the board, and he sees how he booked it, and he goes, yeah, that's pretty fucking funny. And he just walked out of the room. And that's when we gave Funaki the daniel song crane kick. And MVP sold it better than Johnny Lawrence did in that movie. Are you kidding me? Come on, baby. Sell for the win. So anyway, that's the Japanese side quest. So um, we're back in promo class. 
and Sir William Regal is in there. Gotta call him Sir, even if he's not a real knight, he should be. Darren Young, Fred, gets up and he wants to he wants to do a, a promo scenario, them cutting on each other. And so Regal says, I'll, I'll start, my friend. And he says, this is, I'll never forget this, man. He says, you don't belong here, and you're going to quit. And Rosser comes back, and he goes, I don't, and he does repetition. He goes, I don't belong here? You think I'm going to quit? And Regal just looks back at him, and he goes, I've seen it a million times before, my friend. You're going to quit and you know you don't belong. And Fred gets this like emotion and cuts like the promo of, it's a shame I didn't film any of these. He cuts like the promo of the universe and he straight up, his fists ball up and you can hear his knuckles crack. And we've already established there's no, there's no punching, right? And Fred didn't come off the type to do it. And there, his eyes start to well up. And I'm sitting there watching, and Regal's so cool, man. He's like a gunslinger in the Wild West. He's going to let you draw first and still be fast enough. Like, he doesn't even blink, bro. This is the guy that smashed on Goldberg to let people know, like, what time it was back in the day, right? Like, he does not care. But he's a good, giving man at this point in his career. He probably was his whole career, but in this moment especially. And for, uh, Darren Young just screams and tears come down his face at the same time it's like the like denzel washington does the perfect tear right like he'll hold it for a whole scene and then drop it out right at the end and everyone's like oh god like that's next level technique this was just raw and came out and he screams i do belong and then there's like a 90 second promo of the sacrifice the fear the this the that and while he's saying this i shit you not I literally was like, yo, Fred's gay. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You could just... I mean, I work in Hollywood, man. I know a lot of people to this day that aren't comfortable with who they are based on the reaction that, that society is going to have, right? So in the, I'm, I'm not trying to say this to like, oh, look how smart I am. I knew. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, Fred, Fred's gay. And I didn't say anything. I never did. And he's out now, so it's not a secret. And I don't think anyone else knew except maybe William, who kind of had this, like, glint in his eye. And as, as Darren Young, although this was all Fred Rosser, finished his promo, you know how, like, British people, like, when you do something sick in America, we give you that head nod, right? Like people do memes of it, like Robert Redford as Grizzly Adams or whatever, like nodding his head. Well, British people do this smile and it's like a half, only half their face works. And it's this wry sort of half smile. And Regal just gives him this, that smile, right? He hits him with it and he goes, and, uh, and Rosser finishes his promo with, I'll never quit. And Regal just looks at him and he says, my mistake, lad. Maybe you do belong. And everybody was, I mean, balling, man, balling. And Fred was too. And Regal gives him this big hug, man. And you can see like Rosser squeeze him hard. Like that. there was hurt and pain in there. And right after that, we wrote this promo for him. And you'll forgive me if I don't remember what show it was for. I believe it was NXT. Like he got moved down to NXT when it was like rookies and someone maybe, or maybe it was right before that. And, uh, and he, we gave him this promo where he didn't feel like he should even been there. And I said, do you remember when you screamed, I do belong? He said, yeah. I said, I want you to, it wasn't my promo, someone else's, but he was struggling with it. I said, I want you to feel that when you say I wrestled John Cena. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And so he did it and he hit it about like 80% of where I'd hoped it got, but it still got the point across. And he's like, I, but it was more of an arrogant take because it needed to be. He's like, I wrestled John Cena. And he got kind of a little choked up on it. And uh, he was able to kind of bring, which was a real honest moment to TV. Now, I could relate to this because early in my acting class, my acting coach gave me this scene. He, he used to let me pick, right? But I'd always pick real easy stuff. And he really challenged me. And I don't remember the name of this play. And I don't want to remember the name of the play. So even if I say words from it that you remember, do not hit me up at, at @realfpjr on Twitter. And do not hit me up on Instagram because I have deleted this shit from my mind because it broke me in pieces. So my butthole act, I love, I love my acting coach. But he, this was just, oh, he was right. I was wrong. But man, I hated him for this. So he gives me this scene and my character's crying right away. And that was my biggest fear was, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can cry. I don't know if I can open up like that. Earlier in my career, I manufactured every performance I did until I was probably almost 30 years old. And it took me that long to figure out acting. I never, I didn't start until I was 18. So I was learning on the job and everything came real, real fast. I was not ready and not prepared. So I withdrew and pulled back, which is what I always do. And uh, when I was 30, I finally, like, this actor, Gil Bellows, just, I was going to do this movie. This is another side quest. Sorry, Alexis. But I was doing a play in London, and he came to watch it because I was going to do a movie that he wrote. And uh, we went and had dinner afterwards. My cousin was with me. 
And this dude like broke down my whole performance and nailed me on every bad habit I had. And I'm sitting there like everything this dude is saying is like dead on. And I, my cousin, I can feel is like getting mad. Like he's not, he's getting pissed at the guy, but I'm kind of like feeding off the energy. And we finally said our good nights. And my cousin Joe was like, man, I thought you were going to knock him out. I was like, no, man. Like, I feel like this guy just kind of unlocks him. The next night was the greatest performance that I ever had in anything I ever did in my entire career. It was a Kenneth Lonergan play called This Is Our Youth. And uh, it was the first time I ever like broke down organically in a performance. So I knew exactly, I share that story because I knew exactly what Fred was going through. The scene was about my dad or the character's dad, but I made it about my dad. And the moment I allowed myself to do that and allow a real feeling that I hated at the time, I'm 45 now, I have kids. Um, so it doesn't carry that weight that it used to. Now it's just respect and love. Um, like on his birthday and stuff, I'll miss him. But outside of that, like I've, I've adjusted well to it. But then I applied so much real hurt and pain and my character's supposed to accidentally knock over this dish full of cocaine and, uh, and mannitol, and he freaks out. And my choice was I got so mad at myself because I was so stupid that I smashed the plate on the table and the plate cracked open and it split my left hand open and I was bleeding everywhere. And I didn't even notice I was bleeding until the end of the show. Like that's how into the moment I was. And I have Gil Bellows to thank for that. And so to see someone else let something real out like that, it just slapped the holy hell out of me. Now, that's kind of deep and heavy. So we're going to end on a high note. And I'm going to talk about one of the funniest promo classes that, uh, that we ever had, or not, maybe scariest. And it has to do with Natty Neidhart and Harry Smith, um, who was the son of a legend. So I loved him very much because you have very big shoes to fill. I was the son of a legend, so I have very big shoes to fill. And so I connected with Harry a lot, and I really wanted to get him and TJ over. Um, and I worked, I worked hard to do it, but we just, you know, I, I have plenty of failures. We can talk about those too. It's just the success, success ones are usually cooler and funnier stories. But um, I failed those boys. I never, I never got over that. I failed the Usos too. Tag team wrestling is tough, man. I remember Vince... I was working so hard on building up a tag team division. And Vince said, Freddie, I got to pay four guys for one fucking match. And I kind of went, oh, I had never looked at it like that. And again, it's show business. And I was in charge of, of the Cologne brothers. I named Primo for crying out loud. Um, that was my name, Primo Cologne. Um, and uh, it kind of like changed my perspective on things and change the way I approach storylines. I couldn't pitch for, for as much anymore. But anyway, we're in promo class. Sorry, another side quest. Completed. You just leveled up. Um, and if you make it through the whole podcast, you get all kinds of experience. It's great. Um, so we, uh, we're in promo class. And you guys all remember the rules. There's no makeout sessions allowed. And there's no beating each other up. That seems, these seem like reasonable requests as far as like an acting coach and and the talent in that room go and i feel like everyone should be able to follow those rules um but apparently not and it was a uh, little natty Nightheart who decided to break it and so her and harry 
are in there. And I've already told you like what the state of women's wrestling was back then. And we're going to get into the transition, um, which was the Bellas. And I have no responsibility and take no credit for the women's uh, division. But uh, I did help bring those girls up. And it was those girls who really opened Vince's eyes with their show, Total Divas, which we'll get into in another episode. Um, and how they kind of revolutionized and changed matches from five minutes to, to all of a sudden having multiple commercial breaks, which is just so sick. But anyway, we're still in the time where the ladies got five minutes. And if they had a pay-per-view match, it usually got clipped to about seven to give, uh, to give the boys more time. So, uh, as Freebird would say. So, they're in there and it's a repetition. And they're going back and forth about, you know, I don't even remember. It was like, you ain't shit. No, you ain't shit. Oh, I'm not. It's whatever it was, right? They're going back and forth. Michael Tarver was the other Nexus guy I was trying to think of that early on. He had a sick promo where he just rapped, and it was amazing, by the way. There's another side quest. Um, so they're in there, and they're going back and forth, but they're getting closer and closer. And everyone knows that there's no chance of any, like, smoochy smooch with those two because TJ's her man, like, forever. Um, so they're getting closer and closer, and I'm like, well, this is – this is weird. I don't know where this is going. And at this point, we were doing points. So if you changed up the sentence, the other person got a point, but it wasn't over until someone got three points, right? So they change it up. And uh, he says something to Natty about, like, that's why you are where you are, and I am where I am. And Natty just, I mean, it looked, Richard Pryor had a joke where he talks about he wanted to be a boxer, and he got hit with a hook, and he said, I saw his hand start down in Mississippi. It gains speed through Texas. Now I'm watching Natty throw this right hand and it's like a John Woo movie, man. It's full slow motion. I'm pretty sure a bunch of doves like took flight behind it as it traveled through the air and Harry's hands are down at his side and he's sticking his chin out like what? And Natty's hook comes all the way through open hand hook, right? Like, like the way uh, if you saw the Godfather talk about how he used to open hand slap people off of stools. It's like a Godfather slap. Wha-bow! And the, it sounds like two, four, two by fours smashing together uh, to simulate a gunshot. And everyone in the class, including me at the same time, goes, <gasps> and then I jump out of my seat before I even let the breath out. And instead of breathing out, I just go, what the f- and i curse right i'm trying to control myself but it was a big f-bomb and i'm not mad i'm scared because i mean it's the loudest shot i've ever heard in my life and harry looks at me with a, with a freaking smile on his face he goes bro it's all good like nothing happened and you know look i'm an actor actors are are soft as hell man like i've seen dudes not be able to work for two weeks just because their feelings got hurt so This is all new to me, man. But this dude took the shot of, I'm I'm telling you, to this day, I've never heard anyone get hit that hard in my life. I'm including UFC kicks, where you hear like an Edison Barbosa foot slap on that one tall skinny dude's face back in the day. It was like, that ain't shit compared to this Canadian right hand that literally gained speed through Alberta and then just made contact in whatever city we were in. It was 
the, I, we got to have Natty on the show one day as a guest. I just got to know what she was thinking when he did that. Because in her eyes, he deserved it. And I ain't going to argue with the girl. So that said, you guys made it through like five side quests today. So you guys are the real winners. And I'll speak with you guys all on the next WWF Wrestling with Freddie. This has been a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.